Good morning, both to you, those of you in the room and uh, to those of you online. Just, uh, it's good to be with you this morning. It's good to be starting this new series that Brenna talked about, The Way Forward, uh, where we're focusing on uh, John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. Today, I'll be focused on John chapter 14, just like Brenna was saying. Um, and if you could, it would be a great time during the month of February to read these four chapters. I know you're busy. I know there's a lot going on. Maybe you could read one chapter a week, uh, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And Brenna was talking about the placement of these words of Jesus. And that's important for you to understand. These are the words of Jesus, these four chapters, between when he's in the upper room with his disciples and his arrest. So it seems like, according to the scriptures, he gives some of his words in the room, some of his words on the way over to the garden, and then he has a prayer and a time of talking in the garden of Gethsemane, where then he's arrested. And um, Jesus, uh, this happens in the context between what we call and celebrate as Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. So Jesus is coming to Jerusalem, and he knows he's coming to be uh, crucified and then uh, buried. And so if you remember Palm Sunday, there's a triumphal entry, people waving palm branches, people um, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, here comes the king. And then he sends his disciples to get an upper room for the last supper, for the Passover supper. And a ton of things happen in that room. And so think with me about what happens. There's no servant to wash their feet, so Jesus puts a towel over his arm. He gets down on his knees, and he washes their feet. And then they're having the Passover meal, and Jesus does the Last Supper, where he passes the bread and says, um, eat this, this is my body to be broken for you. And I can just see the eyes of the disciples. They're going, what? And then he passes the wine, and he says, this will be the blood of mine. And then he says, do this in remembrance of me until I return. And their eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And then he says, just like Brenda said, uh, Judas, you're going to betray me. And they're going, what? He says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster cries. Remember, Peter goes, no, no, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. But he does it. And then he says to his disciples, you're all going to forsake me when I need you most. And they, he looks at their eyes, and this is like a personal interaction with the guys he spent three years with. And I feel like eyeball to eyeball, he has some things to say to them. And I think, for you and me, as we try to figure our way forward, I think uh, we also need this kind of communication from Jesus as we know our way forward. So, wherever you are this morning... If tragedy strikes and you need help taking the next step or we lose our job or we face a failure or a defeat and we need help with our way forward, whether you need help moving or staying put or a new job or stay in a current job, do you need help? Find courage to stand up for what you believe in in a gentle way. Maybe you're walking into a big change and you just need courage to take those next steps in the big change. Or maybe um, you're trying to get through a, a diagnosis and you just need help with that. Wherever you are, whatever you need, Jesus' words are to help us with our way forward.
So the first thing Jesus says is this. The way forward, Jesus says, focus beyond today. So he's in the room. He's going, guys, guys, you need to focus beyond today. Let me show you the words from the verse. This is John 14, first, first verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And so here they are, they're, they're, their eyes are big, they're facing this tough, tough, tough weekend. And Jesus says, my first encouragement to you is to think about eternity. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about this new resurrected life that they get to live after he defeats death on Easter Sunday morning. He's saying, you need to follow me into a future. Get your eyes off today and get your eyes on my father's house, my father's kingdom, and eventually you will live where all things are made new. They are thinking and feeling in that moment, woe is us. This is the end of the line. Jesus is saying we're going to forsake him, we're going to deny him, we're going to turn our back on him. Whoa, this is terrible. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. This isn't the end. This is the beginning. The beginning of life to the full. The beginning of life filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the beginning. My father has a house. You're going to live there with God forever. And Jesus is even saying, I know the way. I know the place. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. You can trust me. We use these verses, and you've probably heard them lots of times, at funerals to help all of us with the way forward at that kind of time when we need help with the way forward. I used them, in fact, just this past Wednesday. We had a funeral for uh, Joyce Siddons. Joyce was the wife of Bob Siddons who died a year ago. And, then, and I used them as an encouraging verses for his, his, uh, her two daughters and her grandkids. And it's like, well, where are Bob and Joyce now? Well, Jesus said the ways forward is to picture them in my father's house. And in Hebrews 6, it says this, this kind of hope is an anchor for our souls. So as we're trying to figure out the way forward, we get to have an anchor for our souls, kind of an anchor. And it's in my father's house, there's many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. So when you're trying to take the next step forward, Jesus knows there's real comfort in looking past just today. We have to look into eternity. We have to look into the future. We have to look past the crucifixion into the resurrection. Look beyond today. Put your focus on eternity. One of the verses I taught in youth ministry for years, I even helped the kids with actions with this, is 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on today, but on what is unseen, since what is seen today is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So this is where Jesus starts with the guys. The guys there who need a way forward. The first thing he says is, focus beyond today. Get your eyes off today. There's a future. There's an eternity. And the second thing he says is Jesus declares really clearly who he is. 
And this is so important. After Jesus shares the comfort, then Thomas and Philip have questions. And you know how Jesus always loves questions. Uh, you know that uh, Jesus loves to answer people's questions. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know what your father's house is like. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus gives this famous verse in John 14. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then Philip, another one of his disciples, said, Lord, just show us God the Father. That'll be enough for us. Have you ever felt like that? If I could just see God, if I could just hear from him audibly, or if I could just have him hug me physically, have you ever felt like that? And here's how Jesus answers his disciples. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's God the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And here's the last phrase, so good. Or at least believe the evidence of the works I've done themselves. At least believe the miracles. I mean, you were there when I fed the 5,000. You were there when I healed the cripple. You were there when I gave the man eyesight. At least believe that. This answer, this part of Jesus' answer for the way forward is so critical today. Jesus says, I am God. And I will be with you and I will be for you. You will never be alone. I am God. Whatever you're facing, you are not facing it alone. Because Jesus is God. That's why we value the scriptures. That's why we value the resurrection. That's why we're able to take the next step forward. Now, I don't think the disciples in that room that night actually even believed it. But then, several days later, when Jesus was killed on a cross, put in a grave, and then walked out of the grave and was resurrected and came to the disciples, then I think they got it. I think that changed them. The night of Jesus' arrest, remember, he was a denier. And a little servant girl came up to him. She said, I think you're one of his disciples. And he said, no, I don't even know the man. Then Peter meets the resurrected Jesus, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in his life, and he stands on a street corner in Jerusalem. He says, I don't care what you think. He was dead, and now he's alive. To the whole crowd, to the church leaders. Well, what happened? He came to understand Jesus was God. Jesus says, I am God. My miracles prove it, and I will prove it to you in a couple of days when I am resurrected. Some of you have heard this story. I've told it a couple times, and I'm going to tell it again, of uh, my son Ben and my grandchildren, Charlie and Bailey, uh, dying in an accident. And we're in this room for the funeral, three caskets. Our family leaves the building following three hearses across town. We go to the cemetery, and uh, three caskets, three grave sites. 
It's a sunny day, but I'm trying to breathe. I get out of our car. I'm walking over. And I'm looking around at who's there. And I see Aaron and Kaya, the mom and wife and sister. I see my wife, obviously weeping. I see uh, Ben's brothers and sisters. I see Charlie and Bailey's cousins. I see them all. I'm trying to breathe. I'm wondering, how am I going to get through this moment? How am I going to get back in that car and go home? And then I hear these words in my mind. Never has the resurrection of Jesus meant so much to me. Did I say I was trying to breathe? (laughs) Never has the resurrection of Jesus meant so much to me. And I could take a breath, and I could take the next step, and I could give the next hug. Why? Because Jesus is God. And because Jesus is God, Ben, Charlie, and Bailey are in his father's house. And all is well. No more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. Why? Because Jesus is God. There's an anchor for the soul. This is the way forward. Jesus is God, and because he's God and he's with you right now, whatever you're facing, whatever it is, if it's exciting or scary or unknown or tragic or heartbreaking or joy-filled, whatever you're facing, one really, really important piece you have to keep a hold of is Jesus is God. If you're needing courage to make a change, or if you're needing purpose in your life right now because it feels a little scattered, or you need a reason to get up in the morning, whatever it is, what Jesus says to his disciples in this upper room really matters. Jesus declares who he is. Jesus says, I am God. So we've got uh, Jesus focuses uh, beyond today. He's going, there's an eternity, and he's going I am God. He declares who he is. And the third thing he does with his disciples in that room, which is so fun and so good, he says, uh, announces, hey, help is on the way. There's more help coming. Let me read the verses, Jesus' words, uh, chapter 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, Jesus says, and he will give you another advocate to help you. And be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you. And will be in you. And then a couple more verses. But the advocate. The Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. Will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Are you kidding me? The disciples 
are facing the toughest weekend of their life, and Jesus said, hey, be peaceful. Have some courage. It's going to be okay, but why? Don't be troubled. Look beyond today. Remember, I am God, and the Father and I are sending a helper, and the helper will live in you. Actually, for the disciples, that helper came on what the Bible calls Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and descended like tongues of fire and then took up residence in them. But you and I, we got the Holy Spirit in us when we first came to believe in Jesus, when we first came to follow him. He's inside of you as a follower of Jesus, whether you actually even know it or not. He's in there. Let me ask you, have you heard his voice lately? Has he put thoughts in your mind lately? Have you felt his promptings lately? Have you seen God's spirit at work within you or within someone else? If only we have eyes to see. Have you thought about that? God's spirit is at work all over the place. And do you and I have eyes to see it? Can we look at a situation and say, there's God's Holy Spirit working? Uh, the senior leaders and I meet on Wednesday mornings to talk about the church and to do some coaching and all that, and we're covering Ephesians 1, and here, here's the verse we had this week. The Apostle Paul, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparable great power, which is the same power within you, which brought Jesus back from the dead. That's a lot of power. That lives in you. Have you seen it? I've seen it. I've seen it in the lives of my family. I've seen it in the lives of this church. I've seen it in my own life, in our community. I've seen, here, let me give you some stories. I've seen the Holy Spirit through the lives of others provide financial resources to people who had extreme need. I've seen people write checks so that groceries can be delivered to somebody's house because they needed food. I've seen people write a check so that diapers and formula could go to feed and diaper a baby who didn't have what they needed. And I had eyes to see. That's not just the donor. That's the Holy Spirit of God. I've seen computers delivered to students who didn't have them. I've even seen automobiles given to families whose car had broken down. Now, you can have eyes to see, well, that's a nice family that gave that car. Or you can have eyes to see, isn't that amazing, the Holy Spirit working through that family to give that car. I've seen, I mean, it's funny if you have eyes to see. I've seen one of our staff help a couple of our families even like go and get new dogs at the dog pound. The Holy Spirit of God cares about all kinds of things. Parents, everyday living, helping their kids find joy and learn about God. The Holy Spirit's at work. If you have a student in school and they need a friend, 
Isn't it interesting how sometimes just in a class they get the friend or they need someone to eat lunch with. And all of a sudden, this old friend they used to know from another school shows up. I've seen a nurse, this was on TV. I've seen a nurse stand in a hallway of a COVID wing of a hospital and sing Amazing Grace to encourage the other doctors and nurses. Did you advise to see that was the Holy Spirit? I saw a video newscast one time this winter of a guy with a cello outside of a hospital just playing the cello as an encouragement to people at shift change. God is at work. Jesus is saying, you're going to have a powerful Holy Spirit within you. That's the way forward. And man, don't we need it sometimes. One afternoon, I visited Darwin Bolts. He was at the hospice house. I walked into the room, and you could feel the Holy Spirit there. Mary Beth was sitting by Darwin's bed holding his hand. And she was surrounded by a dozen or so friends. And this is a Thursday or a Friday afternoon who are just there to be with them in this moment. Do you have eyes to see? That's the Holy Spirit. One night in a blizzard, did I say blizzard? I was thinking about this because of the weather today and last week. Um, I got a call from Joe Dorhout, whose husband Gary was again struggling with cancer. He would die in a bit. And she was saying he needed to go to uh, the hospital. And he was on the second floor of their house unable to get down the steps, even if two big guys on each side of him walked him. He just couldn't do it. He couldn't sit up. He couldn't do it. So I called a fireman friend of mine, Dean Wolburn. I said, Dean, how do firemen get people out of the second floor when they're not able to help? He said, well, just get a strong kitchen chair, have, get him sat in it, have him cross his arms so nothing goes wrong. Somebody kind of hold him on and two or three strong guys carrying him down. So I went and got a wooden chair from our house. I got the car. I thought, where's a couple strong guys? I picked up a son-in-law and a son of mine. Because obviously I'm not that strong guy anymore, or if I ever was. And uh, we carried him down. And you know, the Holy Spirit was there in that moment. You know what Gary Dorhout was doing? Not having the strength to sit up, he was joking and encouraging my son and son-in-law. Jeremy, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. The Holy Spirit of God. I've seen the Holy Spirit of God at work through the hands and feet and resources and encouraging words and actions of others. Sometimes we need that courage on the inside where the Spirit just gives us courage. And sometimes we need it through the help of others or even financial resources. <sighs> Jesus said, I will send a helper. I will send a helper and he meant it. And the helper now lives inside of us as followers of Jesus. So what is the way forward today? February 
2021. What is the way forward? Jesus says, focus beyond today into eternity. I'll lead the way. Jesus says, I am God. That really matters. And Jesus says, you have help within you. Help is on the way. Chapter 14 ends with these five words. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, come on now, guys. Let us leave. Come, come now. Let us leave. And they head over to the Garden of Gethsemane after he gives these words of encouragement. I don't know which of these words would be key for you this morning, but I hope one of them is whispered by God into your heart that you have eyes to see. Um, I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to sing this perfect song for this moment. And it's called The Waymaker. And basically, the song says, God helps us find the way forward. The Waymaker. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for these words of Jesus, for the fact that he's gone to prepare a place for us, for the fact that Jesus told us clearly he was God, and for the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within followers of Christ. Thank you that we have eyes to see, and all of us have had experiences where you've been real to us. It might have been at a camp. It might have been in a living room. It might have been out in the woods. It might have been when we were alone. It might have been when we were in a crowd. Father, thank you for those experiences that have changed us and helped us. In Jesus' name, amen.